down and we are a go. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you happen to be, and welcome to the Groovy Podcast. Uh, my name is Ken Cousin. I'm podcasting from Marlboro, Connecticut, and as always, I am joined by... Baruch Sadogurski. Hey, everybody. I'm today at uh, Gilroy, California. Where in California? Gilroy. Gilroy. I don't know yeah. that one. Okay. So apparently that's, that's the, that's the garlic. That's the garlic capital of the world. Seriously, the garlic capital of the world. Yes. So probably just as well that we're remote then, that being the idea. Yeah. <laughs> just a thought. All right. So uh, how are you anyway? You just, you just got back from Canada, was it? Where yes, I, I, I participated yesterday in uh, um, Bursley celebration of Kubernetes four years ago. Kubernetes was released uh, in uh, Montreal Kubernetes meetup group. Uh, there are some very uh, fine guys from cloud ops that organize meetups all across Canada in, in five different cities. I did four of them uh, back in uh, February, but didn't get to Montreal because of weather considerations. Uh, so I kind of completed the tour now. Um, it was like, it was crazy insane. 250 people wow. really, really, they do really, really fine jobs. So I enjoyed it. And actually I just landed and, and run home to do the <laughs> groovy podcast with you. Well, Montreal's beautiful. I've, I've only been there a couple of times, but I really liked it. Of course, the last time I went, it was expensive because my wife came along. So uh, the only thing you was, yeah. <laughs> the only thing I can say about the Montreal yeah, so is was, is the airport the and, and the hotel. Oh, the airport okay. and the hotel. Oh, she wandered through the underground city, and we, wow. we visited a bunch of cafes, and uh, it was really fun. It was it's a beautiful place, but I'd prefer to go there now rather than February. You know. All right. So uh, what what we are saying is what you are saying is that we actually need to go there one more time. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's always a good place. But I, I like everywhere I've been in Canada. It's, it's the wonderful place. So. Oh, yeah. So far, I completely agree. Okay. So in terms of stuff that we're actually supposed to be talking about, I suppose, uh, I do have the show notes for we are, you know, we're season two, episode 12 now. Wow. I mean, yeah. we really keep going, keep doing this thing, right? Yeah, overall, I believe that's totally episode 61. So we're going to wow. have to pick up the pace so we can hit 100, you know, sometime in our collective lifetime, you know, our careers, you know, before we retire. Uh, what are our cadence now? Every like three weeks, I guess? Yeah, roughly. In, on average? Yeah, so 100 is not definitely, uh, definitely not very far away. Yep. Actually, I, I might be able to do that much math in my head. So 30 more podcasts times three weeks would be 90 weeks. So that's just under two years, roughly. Exactly, exactly. Uh, which, if, uh, if I'm practical about it, could be, let's see, this is 2018. Uh, we got that election coming up in 2020. I don't know if I'm going to survive that. So we'll have to see how that goes. I remember how miserable the last one was. I'm not looking forward to the next one. Well, anyway, yeah, that's we'll, not we'll, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we won't talk politics in this show, that's for sure. Oh. God help let's us talk know. about yes let's yeah. talk about the good stuff now, and and the good stuff for us obviously was a great confus um, ah. right that's the big I, I would say that that would the biggest the biggest thing that happened since our last episode and unfortunately I couldn't come but uh, can you 
um, represented this podcast in person and uh, did a very, very important episode uh, <laughs> with uh, Dr. Paul King. Um, you also got an award. Um, it's the Grails champion. You're, uh, you're going to start with this right off the bat? I mean, people are more interested in news, right? Well, no, no, no. This is big. This is big, Ken. It was, it was long, um, long deserved. And I, I, I really think that of all people, you definitely uh, deserve it. And, and I'm, I'm very happy for you. And congratulations. Show, show us the thing. Oh, well, that's very kind of you, first of all. Uh, this is the actual, you know, the the actual award itself. Um, I have not yet drunk beer out of it, um, although I suppose that's in the plan. It it says Grail's Rockstar, so, and they put Rockstar as one word. I've always wondered whether that was one word or two. I think Java 1 is also one word, Java 1 or Rockstar. I, I'm not sure. I think you're probably think, right, but yeah. I don't know whether to, whether Java 1, of course, there there is no Java 1 anymore, but regardless... Um, I don't know whether to rely on that as a source of accurate. <laughs> Whereas, I mean, this is Grails. This is the OCI people. These are, as I say, these are my peeps. You know, these are the. This is the community that I really care about, and that's what made this so cool. And and I don't want to be misleading. I don't generally have this on my desk. We actually have a little uh, case that my wife puts uh, crystal stuff in. And of course, the thing that I normally keep there is my nice little Ashes of Problem students mug. You know, how how full it is? Uh, you don't want to know. So <laughs> that sits right next to it, you know. But other than that, she's got all the various knickknacks that I've gotten over the years, or that she's decided to get for whatever reason. So, any rate, that's where it's going to sit. So it is a position of pride, but it's not going to sit on my desk or anything. I'm, I mean, this thing's so heavy, I'm likely to hurt myself on it. So I don't want to, no. and I certainly don't want to knock it over by accident. Then I'd have to go back to OCI and. and it would it just be ask you know, for a replica, but it will never never be as good as the original. Yeah, we were we were talking last year. I mean, Paul King and I were discussing, you know, how you know if, if OCI decides to reuse this, they they'd have to like borrow it back and rub off the name and everything, put on the na next year's name and all of that. Uh, we'll see how it goes. It could uh, be Eric, it could be like a, you know like a Stanley Cup or uh, uh, something that passes from one to another, but I think they went for the Oscar model when everybody got to keep their own, which is, which is good. Well, we shall see. I mean, Eric, Eric Hagelson or Helgeson, oh, I keep doing that to him. I'm sorry. Eric Helgeson won it the first one, right? Last year. Mm -hmm. And he yep. was there. Uh, interestingly enough, it was given out, as I recall, at spring one, two G was no, at, at, two uh, GX, the Groovy and Grails conference, uh, the Groovy and Grails experience in um florida a year before i don't think mm -hmm. it was at uh great comp no it was or, like the g3 3g whatever it was yeah right right so groovy grails gradle whatever oh yeah g3 summit that's what it was called it was yeah, the yeah, yeah. after the spring one 2gx split then that became the groovy and grails experience and and groovy grails gradle or three g3 yeah right g3 summit uh, which assumes that it uh, depends on who you talk to what that stood for because if, if you talk to Andres Almire, of course Griffin was in there of course of naturally. course of course and and I'm willing to go with that and I've always made the joke you know the gag that uh, of course the other technology that doesn't have a G in front of it is Spock unless there's a G and it's silent or in that case it would be cloaked right you know <laughs> I know it's weak but there's just not that many people I can use that gag on so you got nominated. Oh, that was great no the 
this podcast is is the right audience that's for sure oh yeah um, right. what i wanted to ask you yeah but the, the the story with the G3 summit is is over, right? Yeah, right. So yeah. It, it's appropriate, and it's the right place to do it. Is is at the um, uh, at at uh, how am I blanking on this? On Great Conf. Yeah, Great Conf, and I can understand whether they might decide whether to do it in Europe or do it in in Minneapolis or what have you. Uh, I'm I'm very fortunate in that I've been to all of the, the three that there were, there was one in, in India for a couple of years, you know, mm. so I was really glad I was going to wear that shirt. I forgot to wear that t-shirt. At any rate, I have a, a great conf India t-shirt as well. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm really glad I've been in all of them and I'm, I've only missed one in the U S and I, it was a year ago and I was really glad I was able to go this time. So it was a lot of fun, the conference. I mean, there were a lot of talks and, all the ones I went to anyway were really interesting. So we'll talk about what talks actually went on a little bit later because I've got a list. And I know if they follow their common pattern, then they'll have links to all of the source code and, and the, the slides and everything coming out in the next few weeks. Uh, the ones I'm going to mention later in the podcast are the ones that the authors already you know, went ahead and, and made links available for their slides and the source mm -hmm. code. So I can give you an abbreviated list there. Uh, I had fun being there. And of course, it's always good to see Paul, you know, Paul King. And so we're, since we're going to talk about that later, that gives me a chance to mention that Paul was instrumental in helping us resolve an issue that Groovy was having with Java 10. Okay, because of course there is no Java 9 anymore, right, according to Oracle. Yeah, yeah. And as of true. the end of September, there'll be no Java 10 either. It'll be 11 yeah. at that point. Yeah, but 11 will, will stick with us for a while. Yeah, and there was a problem with running Groovy on 10 that was partly related to the module issue and partly related to this Mac library, this MRJ library. The, the Mac yeah. one I, I mentioned to you earlier. And I talked to Paul about it at the conference and he did a bunch of extra work. And as of, I think yesterday, Groovy 2.5.2 was released. And mm -hmm. I was, mm -hmm. uh, I participated in that. He would tell me, hey, go check it out and run it on your machine and see if it works. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, um, I have no idea how he fixed the problem. I didn't dig into that. But now I can run the Groovy console and the Groovy shell and just Groovy scripts and everything on a Mac, and they work just fine. You get the little warning from Gradle uh, sometimes. You don't always get it because he removed the, the Jaxby dependency. But if you need it, you, know, you get the little warning and everything from the Gradle part. But now Groovy 2.5.2 works just fine on, on my Mac. And this is, uh, this is great. It's about time because obviously while the majority of the community is still on Java 8, uh, um, the migration to 11 will happen for sure. I guess a lot of people will skip 9 and 10, but 11 is uh, kind of, uh, you know, it, it, it will be with us for a while. So um, it's good to hear that this, this, is, um, this is solved now. Yeah, according to the release notes, there were a bunch of bug fixes as well, but none of those actually affected me directly. Uh, it, what did affect me, of course, was the fact I couldn't even run it without setting the environment <laughs> variable. And, and even if I set the environment variable, that didn't work. And there was a variable that you could set that would make the warnings go away. And that didn't work for me either. Now, none of that matters. It's all good. Okay. So <laughs> that's very helpful. Yeah. And now we can look forward to, to three whenever that's going to be ready. At least that's what yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to. We, we, yeah, that, that, will be, that will be great. Yep. 
Now, the other releases, uh, Gradle released 4.9, and they've also released Release Candidate 1, RC1, for 4.10. I expect Release Candidate 2 to be out very soon on 4.10. Uh, in 4.9, the big change that I saw is that they have finally revised the publishing mechanism inside the Gradle. Because when I teach the Gradle classes, you know, I do some for the, I do the intro class for Gradle Incorporated itself. Uh, and I also teach Gradle separately, and I speak about it at conferences. Um, most of the basic stuff is all understood, but people generally ask, you know, what's the publishing mechanism for publishing your library to a, a uh, Maven repository or, or Ivy or what have you? And the problem that always existed with that is that there were too many answers. There were several different options for doing that. There was nothing really Absolutely, standard. yes, yes. And now there really is an official Maven publish and Ivy publish plugin. So there's plugins for both of those now. And they've also, I added a link to this, there's actually a page in the user manual now for actually the mechanism for doing publishing. Right. So the publish the publish plugin uh, was with us for for uh, for a while. I mean, for a really long time. What I think at least maybe even two years. And it was a bet in beta or incubating, mm. and and it was kind of alternative to the old um, Maven plugin, right? Called right. Maven plugin that worked with configurations uh, and not with publications. And uh, uh, we, we and Jeffrop suffered from a great deal because we had to maintain two sets of plugins, one that worked with the one and on, the other that worked with the other. It was very, very confusing for the users. People constantly, uh, Stack Overflow is full of questions of what goes with what and why there are two and why we should prefer one to another. In some point of time, we actually uh, converged the two of them into one of them that picked uh, the right method depending on the, gra on, the, on the Gradle script itself and the list of applied plugins but it still was very very complicated and and I'm glad to see that the old uh, publishing uh, mechanism is going away and we only um, now are with uh, with with the new publishing mechanism which I find uh, obviously better so that's that's definitely a very very welcome and long anticipated uh, move it's about time. Yeah, I mean, you would know much more about that. That's your whole business model. So, oh, and by the way, we should, uh, I don't know when we were going to mention it, so it, it occurred to me now, uh, congratulations on Jay Frog's 10th anniversary. Is that right? Yeah, it is. It is. It's, um, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure we have the exact date. At least I don't remember it, but it's kind of ongoing now. We, we, are, um, we have a company event to celebrate it. Um, well, you, had a, you had a party, October. right? In October, yeah, that will be like an um, all uh, like a very very big celebration. So uh, yeah, thank you. Ten years, Gee, time flies. Oh, but the party's um, coming up in October then. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Yeah, now well, we're in preparations. Uh, yeah, and and you know about it because uh, one of the reasons we uh, had to postpone this podcast was because my um, desk was occupied with um, filming uh, the, the video that we prepare around um, our 10th anniversary. So I could I assume you're going to star in that video, right? I mean, you'll be uh, a big I don't know if, if big, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're, we're going to do something very funny. I, I hope uh, we will publish this video. I'm pretty sure. So I will be, I will be able to prove you that 
um, <laughs> uh, my, my, my no show was for a good reason. Well, it's, it's, it's understandable. Uh, and we'll talk about that when we hit October then, because we may even have a podcast again by that point. Uh, or, or two. Not, well, yeah, let's not get ambitious here. So any rate, that was 4.9. And in 4.9, they made some other changes that don't really affect me directly. In 4.10, what's coming, and again, that'll be relatively soon. Of course, the big deal there is that will be the version 1.0 of the Kotlin DSL, presumably. Uh, oh, they yes. say that 4.10 RC1 has Kotlin DSL 1.0 RC1, and that the full 1.0 version will ship with the next version of Gradle. That's, that's in the release notes, so I'm not uh, exposing anything that's not already publicized. Now, whether this is a good thing or a bad thing is a completely different discussion. Uh, our old friend peter ledbrook by the way i believe has been involved in helping them with their migration guides and everything on that he's been working on the user manual again Uh, so we did have a chance for i sent him an email saying oh hey are you back and his answer was uh not really (laughs) because of course i asked him if he wanted to join us on the podcast and um that's hopefully that will come someday soon not quite yet but it's good to know that he's still active or becoming active again and of course we always wish him the best yes but but look this is what um honest and respectable people do when they switch to kotlin they stop participating in a groovy podcast uh i i don't want to say that because i think we'd lose too many people that way so (laughs) Uh, I think that we will take the attitude that knowing an additional language always makes you a better developer. It's like, uh, you know, it's a a very American attitude to only have one language, only speak English, right? Whereas any reasonable person would understand that learning Spanish, French, Italian, Russian, German, anything helps you in many ways, right? It's always a good thing to be able to learn alternative languages. And therefore, if you are a Groovy developer and you also know Java, of course, it's probably not a bad thing to learn ideas from Kotlin or Scala or Clojure or any of the especially, other. Especially yeah. after Kotlin learned so many ideas from Groovy. Yeah, no, right. absolutely. We're, we're just fooling around. Obviously, uh, obviously, having uh, one more language under your belt does, uh, does good. You learn uh, additional uh, um, uh, ideas from it you become you generally become a better developer and i'm going through uh, through the migration guide which is uh, very nicely done with kind of a switch when you can uh, click and see how the code looks in groovy and uh, directly uh, see how it looks in kotlin and and i have to say um, it will probably improve over time but what i see for now is that most of the statements um become more verbose as um, as you move from Groovy to Kotlin. There are some that remain exactly the same, but most of them at least add additional set of parentheses um, and, and uh, a lot of them actually add much more code. So, for example, um, if you look at, uh, at the code at, uh, on uh, task configuration, w- something that we use to write jar and then just open block of code and configure our jar task now becomes a val jar because you obviously create a, a, a variable by task.getting and that's some getter of the task themselves and then jar uh, class because in kotlin uh, 
uh, you need to specify to class when you refer to class, and only then you can actually start configuring it. So I would say it went from three characters to uh, uh, how many to 36 uh, in in this in this particular particular example. So I'm not saying that's the only way. I'm not saying there is no better way to do it and that it won't improve over time. But for now, just be prepared that your uh, script will be much, much more, more verbose. Well, well, we'll deal with all that when it actually happens. It's just interesting that this is actually happening from Gradle's point of view. And then we'll see what else they're doing. Because my understanding at Gradle is that the focus of the team is now really going toward user experience now that they feel they've gotten the the speed gains that they can get out of it and they've, they've been enormously successful there and now the question is how do we make it easier for developers to use and this is one facet of that overall effort and we'll see how that plays out and of course I, we do reserve the right to continue to give Kotlin and its associated developers a hard time just in general but we'll you know in the groovy community we'll still be here when the backlash comes and, and they need to come back you know home to where you know creating a DSL is a very straightforward, easy thing to do, and it looks work looks beautiful, and it works for years. You know, so we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any rate, so that's coming, and we'll talk about that again once that's been released. Uh, in the Grails area, there's very little in the way of uh, release notes. They don't tend to say much on these incremental changes in Grails, and that's how apparently when I check, we're up to Grails 3.3.8 now. Uh, last week when I was think looking at it, it was only 3.3.6, so I missed 7 entirely. Uh, but again, that doesn't look like these are major changes in Grails. They're all bug fixes and, and you know, fixing little problems here and there. Uh, I have not seen anything that we would call out as a major feature change in any of them. Yeah, but I guess that's a minor release, and, and, and those are minor releases, and they are as yeah. the name implies, minor. Yep. Now, Jeff Brown, when he did his keynote at GreatConf, of course, talked about Micronaut. And Micronaut, I believe, is on uh, milestone, let's see, 1.0 milestone three or four. I forget which one. Um, the point is that's getting close to its final 1.0 release. And what he said at GreatConf was that in getting to the milestone two release, they had to dedicate a lot of effort to Micronaut at OCI, but that now that they've achieved that level, the remaining changes are much more straightforward and they can start focusing more again on Grails. I didn't realize that the attention on Grails was, um, was shifting a little bit for Micronaut more than we thought, but it, in fact, now they believe that they can spend a lot more time on Grails. Now, some people there, of course, uh, have been working on Grails the whole time. Uh, they're still doing quick casts. They're still doing tutorials. It's still growing over there. But it's nice to know that they really do have big plans for Grails for the future. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess um, we still have some work to do in clearing up the confusion uh, and the relationship between all the frameworks that we have now, and that will be obviously Grails 3 and Micronaut and Redpack, uh, but it looks like the picture is getting clearer and we can see the right use cases for each and every one of them, and that's, um, and that's obviously a good thing. Well, in Micronaut, in order to get uh, 
better performance and smaller sizes, they wrote their own dependency injection framework. So they're not just built on top of Spring anymore. And one of the things that supposedly will be available in Grails is they'll have a Micronaut plugin that will bring the performance and speed improvements from Micronaut over to Grails as well. I expect that's probably something scheduled for later, maybe in Grails 4, but again, we'll know this fall that all those are in the plan. So there, Micronaut, of course, was a major presence at GreatConf, and so was Grails. There were several Grails talks related to that as well. Now, yep. in terms of uh, just basic blog posts and links and things like that that occurred in the last few weeks, uh, there was a little article um, from LinkedIn, of all people. Uh, the LinkedIn engineering team published a blog post called Productivity at Scale, how LinkedIn improved build times by 400% by using Gradle for their builds on Play Framework applications. So I knew they had some stuff on the Play Framework. I know they'd done that. I didn't realize that they weren't using Gradle with Play, and now they are, and that that made a big, big difference in their Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a very good, uh, another good uh, uh, publicity for for Gradle and and those are great news. Uh, I I wish we kind of didn't see the same names for 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 Gradle. Um, you know, you can count on on one hand the um, uh, success stories of of Gradle in the industry that we which are very public. And that will obviously be LinkedIn and Netflix and uh, maybe a couple of others. And and this is great, obviously. But but I'm really looking Gradle to to start and pick up in in more places and have those stories not coming from the same uh, two or three companies. Well, I'm sure they're interested in that as well. And from yeah. what I gather, they've had some major successes recently that they can't really talk about. You know what I mean? That as a company, they're doing well because they are making major sales of Gradle Enterprise and things like that, but they're selling it to companies that don't necessarily want them to advertise it publicly. Oh, and yeah, that's always the case, yes. But, but it's at least it's good to know that they are doing well and that I expect that there will be a bright future. So if they can deal with this user experience issue, hopefully that will help adoption too. I mean, Maven's still out there. The, the problem I get from this point is that it's just kind of uh, an entrenched solved problem that people don't want to change until Gradle shows it's so much better. Now it's already so much better, it's just it's taking time. Uh, they, they've gotten the early adopters. Now it's time to make inroads into the, the stable companies that rarely like to change. Yeah, and, and I think the bet on performance is uh, what the Gradle folks see as the differentiator that they need. Mm. And I only, I only hope they're right. Because yeah, well, for, for me, I would name other differentiators, but I guess they did their homework and they know what pain they are trying to solve and what they really uh, try to emphasize as being the better differentiator. Well, when they were trying to make inroads into major companies like Netflix, if your company already does thousands or tens of thousands of builds a day, performance is really key. But once you've achieved that, you know, what you can get out of that, then it's time to start addressing some of these other metrics like usability. And that's my sense is that that's the plan. They are on the mm -hmm. way there. They're still hiring, by the way. I still have seen new people being uh, joining the company, both on the technical side and on the marketing side. So it's, it's happening all the way through. And this is great. Uh, sorry? This is good. 
Yeah, it's yep. all good news. So now there was another uh, post I saw about a, this is a product I'd never seen before. Have you ever used? Well, it's, it's spelled G R engine. Do they call it Grengen? Perhaps. <laughs> uh, Grengen is an engine for running and embedding Groovy in a Java VM, and apparently it's been around a little while. And what they have done is that they have now gone to version 2.0.0 and I put a link in there to the user manual and the user manual has that same look and feel of people who like to use ASCII doc, you know, like me, uh, got that look and feel to it. And it looks very simple. You just instantiate the engine and you call run and you are basically putting a groovy code in something that'll run automatically. So it, it looks like a nice little tool, you know, for embedding groovy in an existing uh, system. Um, yeah, I, I wonder, and I have to say, I didn't look into it very much. I wonder if that's something that, uh, it's probably just a nice, uh, but, but API on top of, of, of running Groovy in Java. But I mean, we've been doing that for, for a very long time without it by using uh, Java itself, but I guess it's a, it's a nice uh, but well, looking looking here, they instantiate Groovy Shell, and then they actually run the scripts. This, mm -hmm. this looks very very similar to what we are used to. So I'm not sure what what they bring to the table. But I have to say I'm not um, I'm not an expert in uh, Gringin or whatever it's called. Well, it's, it's really simply... really interesting. It certainly looks simple. They claim it's very fast and very flexible, of course, and quite extendable, and they have the, the security mechanisms and safety and everything. So, uh, I, again, I haven't used it personally other than just the Hello World type examples, but it uh, looks promising, and I like to see activity in the, in the Groovy world anyway on building frameworks that make it easier for people to adopt. So that's good news there. Now, another thing, a project that you've used, and I tried to use, but it's still run into the learning curve, is um, there's a blog post by um, Rolf Mueller, who mm -hmm. wrote about HTTP Builder NG, mm -hmm. you know, the, the next generation, if yes. you will. Uh, mm -hmm. I have used HTTP Builder NG to some degree, but it, it I never quite finished, because it's got uh, a bit of a learning curve, although they do have a nice uh, user manual on it. and the nice thing about what that brings to the table, of course, is that it you can specify your underlying library for the actual networking, like OK HTTP or Apache HTTP components or whatever. And uh, Rolf wrote a, a blog post about his experiments with it, and he came up with a generic template to write a bunch of tests using that, and it's all using at grab scripts and everything to specify whether using the core or Apache or OK HTTP clients you know, whatever he prefers. Absolutely, yes. So, so the the, um, uh, the pluggable engine is is a big deal because uh, you can do asynchronous uh, HTTP uh, very very simple with it, mm. um, and also okay HTTP is considered much better performant and uh, more functionality than uh, you know than using the classic um, HTTP connectivity of the JDK itself. Um, when I used the um, HTTP Builder NG, uh, the the problem with it was um, it was a little bit thin on 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 uh, uh, on the documentation side. Um, mm -hmm. So you have some basic uh, um, 
usage examples and uh, some user guide, but there were um, parts that weren't uh, covered. Uh, I think they got uh, much more documentation now uh, and um, everything is, is covered at least to the level we used to in the old HTTP builder. So I would say there is absolutely no reason not, not to switch by now. Yeah, if I have to do something related to that again, I'll probably take a look. Uh, I, actually, I'm sure I'll take a look. I just needed additional usage examples. And generally with the old HTTP builder where I got the usage examples was from the test cases. I mean, like most open source projects, you look at the test cases to find out how they really intended to be used. And um, I could probably yeah. do the same thing for this one. But the, as you say, the user manual has improved dramatically. And I do look yeah, forward then, to Yeah, that was, that was I did. I actually looked at the test cases to, uh, to see how to do uh, certain things. Uh, and now um, I, I think maybe, maybe we don't need to do it anymore because it looks like the user documentation now has it on. So that's, that's a good thing. Well, I like that they use OKHTTP OK also. In the Android world, uh, tools like Retrofit, you know, for doing RESTful web services, which are based on OKHTTP, OK are very, very popular. And then this would let people leverage their experience in, the, in that world into the Groovy world. So that's good. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the standard de facto in, in Android world. Yeah. Um, and again, it goes back to the authors of OKHTTP, OK which are... Uh, people from Square uh, right. that contributed tons of very, very useful stuff to, to Android ecosystem. So, yeah. So that's all good. Now, uh, one thing we haven't mentioned, which I don't remember if it just mentioned it in passing, but something I do want to bring up. Um, Jen Strader, our friend Jen, has uh, been very active in supporting an effort in, I don't know how you pronounce it, B-U-E-A, Buya Cameroon to help some students there learn Groovy and Grails. And a year ago, I think it was, she had a, a, a GoFundMe campaign that helped uh, teach some of them a tutorial and everything. And then this year, it turns out that there's a bunch of students at the university there, and they need a, what was it, like a two-month internship in order to complete their degrees. So uh, there's been some political difficulties in Cameroon that caused a lot of companies to either leave or discontinue their internship programs. So there was a follow-on uh, fundraiser to try to raise funds to help some of those students work uh, at internships locally and also to help build a website there. And And the uh, the teacher there, what's it, Faso Arcel, I think, I, again, I don't know how you pronounce his name, uh, was uh, willing to help supervise these students so they could get their internship uh, and all set there. And it's technically under the name GR8DI, uh, Summer Internships. And they had a fundraiser and several people from the Groovy community, of course, contributed. And they, you know, she only had a goal of raising like $900 and they're well over 2000 at this mm -hmm. point. And any additional money will help additional students as well. Uh, so, couple things I want to say about this. First of all, uh, thank you to Jen for helping to satisfy what is such obviously a need. Uh, secondly, I want to say in the unlikely event that any of those students or the instructor actually listens to the Groovy podcast, uh, welcome to the community. You know, it's wonderful to have you. Uh, hopefully, maybe we can talk to one or more of them on the podcast at some point. And that's just a great thing that they're doing, and we wish them all the best. And any way we can support their effort, uh, we're happy to. So at minimum, I put a link to the GoFundMe page 
on the show notes, I know there's going to be building a website. I mean, that's part of what's going on. And I think they just started if they've even started yet. You know, I know they started because there was a, there was a Twitter, there was a tweet by the, the teacher showing some of the students hard at work already. Um, so hopefully whenever it's ready and whenever they want us to share anything, we'll be happy to do so. And again, if there's some way we can support the effort either by talking about it or interviewing somebody or just sharing whatever we like, you know, whatever they'd like us to share, just let us know and we'll be happy to do so. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a really, really great activity and, and it's good that it, that it happens. It doesn't sure. really surprise me. I mean, Jen was instrumental in getting the great ladies program up and running at Minneapolis. And now that she's relocated to uh, Germany, I think she's, is she in Berlin, I think actually, or was it somewhere else? I don't remember offhand. Um, she'll I, let us know. I, I'm not, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, that's, um, she's, she, she's great in, in, in the community organization. And that's, it's, she's really been a blessing for groovy community. And I think a lot, a lot, a lot of important stuff forward. Yep. Yeah. And I think she knows at this point that she can rely on us to try to help support her and her efforts, both uh, financially and otherwise. So uh, I I wonder if she'll, I imagine somebody will tell her that, that her name came up on the podcast, even though, uh, you know, I mean, it's possible she listens. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't assume anybody listens, you know, but if she does and she wants to send us information or talk to us about it, great. If you want to get the teacher involved or any of the students, you know, we'd, we'd love to have them on the podcast. and, and We would love to, to have her on the podcast and yeah. interview her about that. And uh, obviously, we'll be more than happy to see her in our podcast in any any time. I finally, I mean, my knowledge of geography is really good for an American, which you know is an extremely low bar, right? <laughs> I mean, I can put India on a map. You know, I mean, it's like unlike so many Americans. But Cameroon, I knew roughly where it was, and that's why we have Google Maps. So I actually went in and I've got the map zoomed in and I could see roughly where, where the, I could, where the university is and all of that. Uh, so I'm looking forward to any pictures or information that comes out of there, find out more about what they're doing. You, you feel a little bit more connected to it now. Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it's, that's why we, it's, it's like Google maps has changed how I read books and everything. I, like I used to read all those hornblower novels years ago and they'd, he'd sail from city to city and I'd be like, where is this actually? Now it's just a question of keeping a browser open and you can watch, you know, what the path is and everything. It's just fun now to be able to see where these places are. The world is different now than it was when I was, you know, reading all those novels years and yeah. years ago. And okay. I, I learned, I learned a lot of uh, geography by following soccer and yeah. especially the world cup. And uh, when I was young, Cameroon was really big on, uh, on soccer in the world cup. So I kind of, I catched up on that uh, um, 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 earlier, but but I think it's good to have someone who brings, um, you know, kind of concept which are completely out of our focus and rather back to in. I mean, how how much we think about Africa, and uh, that's a that's a very good opportunity. And and really, thanks, Jen, for doing that. Oh, absolutely, and. I- in computer science in general, we could always use more diversity and, and to actually take steps to make it happen is very impressive. So that's, that's great. And Absolutely. But we don't want to just celebrate her. We want to celebrate the kids who are going through this too. So that's, you know, excellent that they're doing it. Make sure they feel that they are welcome and, and we can support them in any way that we can. Of course. Okay. Now going back to great comp. All right. Now 
the, it was an active conference, of course. There were a lot of people there. Uh, the attendance was a little off from the previous years, but it's still the people who are there are very enthusiastic. Um, other than, of course, our friend Dan Woods, you know, who's just a piece of work no matter how you measure it, right? I, I think he tries to become more enterprisey and, uh, you know, kind of mainstream. I hope he fails. Well, and Dan, of course, is the kind of guy who will manufacture all sorts of excuses. Like he was supposed to be there at one point and showed up and then didn't stay because supposedly something like a, his dog bit a kid or something. I mean, you know, where do you, where, where does this happen? It happens to I would expect right? his, his kid to, to bite a dog, not the other way Well, around. we don't want to attribute Dan's issues to his children yet. I mean, it's not no. really fair. I mean, I don't want people to judge my son by my quirks, you know, so I get that. But of course, something strange happens to Dan, you know, and we'll have to see if we can get more information about what all that was about. I know he did at least one talk and I was going to go, but I had a talk at the same time that I wanted to go to. Um, Alvaro. You're, you're good on excuses as well. It's not only Dan. Well, um, it's a survival skill in industry, right? To be able to come up with legitimate reasons why you didn't do something, you know? <laughs> Um, any rate, I put some links in there. One of them, there were a couple of talks given by our our friend Virtual Dogbird. You know, the his um, actual name is uh, oh, where is it? I moved it out of there. Pelletier. It's a uh, there we go. Uh, Tucker Pelletier, who's uh, active in the Grooving Grails community up in the Boston area. He did a talk on uh, Groovy AST magic. So he talked about creating AST transformations and everything. And he also did a talk that he had the slides available for on Grail security options as well. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. talking about security, he's the organizer of the Boston Groovy and Grails meetup. I've been there once, uh, actually more than once, but once uh, when they were still in Boston and once when they were out, I think in um, either Waltham, or, or I think it was Waltham when they moved out there. So at any rate, his slides are available. And of course he had the tie-dyed, t-shirt and everything with the groovy stuff on it. So that was fun. So at any rate, I put links to both of those slides in the, in the show notes. Now, uh, Christian, okay. If it's German, it's pronounced uh, something like Ostreich, uh, O-E-S-T-R-E-I-C-H. But of course that would be my, my schoolboy German, you know, with my accent and who knows <laughs> what it actually is. Uh, but he did a talk about Jenkins pipelines in the enterprise. And I know that's a, very popular topic. A lot of people are quite interested in that. And he made his uh, slides available as a Google Doc or Google presentation. So I put a link to that as well. And of course, it's basically a DevOps talk. You know, it's, it's that's more in your area, something that you would, would understand and appreciate from there. Yeah, so I, I think that one of the biggest uh, drivers for, for Groovy popularity now is uh, is actually uh, uh, the Jenkins DSL, uh, mm. at least by the questions on Stack Overflow. Uh, I see that uh, you know you we had this with with Gradle a couple of years ago when uh, people um, started to look into Groovy because uh, Gradle used it, and now we see a similar picture with uh, with Jenkins. A lot of people discover Groovy by uh, from this uh, Groovy DSL in Jenkins, and and that's very important and and, and great. 
Yeah, he wrote a lot about the scripting, the Groovy DSL inside the pipeline, as you say, you know, and, and that's good to have a reference like that, because I, I see, I agree with you, we do get a lot of questions about that, and, and now we have a, a presentation you can point to to give people some information. Absolutely. Now, another hot topic these days, of course, is uh, microservices with Kafka, and there was a presentation by, all right, let me try this one again, I mean, it's our friend Ro Roberto Perez, okay, Alcolea? Is that how you pronounce it? A-L-C-O-L-E-A, Alcolea? Uh, you know, I just learned, and it's, I'm embarrassed to say I didn't know this, that a lot of Hispanic names, they use two surnames. They use the middle name as the father's yes. name and the last name as the mother's. And yes. I don't know how I went this long without knowing that, um, but at least I know it now. So I'm presuming that that's the case in his particular instance. But whatever, he can correct us. At any rate, he did a talk called high scalable streaming microservices with Kafka streams and he made mm -hmm. his slides available and all of that. And, and there's a lot of good information there too. So I put a link in the show notes uh, to that one. So of yeah, course yeah. we've known Roberto for many years and uh, great to see that. And he's at, at target just as Dan, Dan Woods is as well, you know? Okay. Now, the another interesting one was done by, and we've already mentioned him, uh, Eric Helgeson, who uh, has his own null RC or his uh, URL is null null Eric. You know, it looks like null Eric, but it's null Eric, and he does uh, consulting at Agile Orbit. He had an interesting little talk called, strangely enough, better know a Grails plugin. I misunderstood that title. I didn't realize what he was going to do. Is he was going to talk about a whole wide range of plugins for Grails. Mm -hmm. And the presentation is one of those ones that um, you scroll through and find lots and lots of plugins, lots of, uh, it's a journey, or as he says, it's a journey around the Grails 3 ecosystem. Many of the plugins that you probably know, and some that you likely don't. So that was, uh, that was very interesting. I, I wish I had been able to go to that, but there were a lot of simultaneous talks, and I, I unfortunately didn't make that one directly. But I'm glad I was able to see the slides. It it reminds me of the talk by Andres Almeray with yeah. uh, who spoke who did an overview of the Java libraries a couple of years ago at Java One um, and then a bunch of other conferences. Um, it's a no brainer, you know, very non sophisticated uh, talk that just you know pick the useful libraries and kind of expose them to the audience. Maybe they didn't hear about it. Or, or, or you know, maybe maybe pass somehow um, yeah, but that was, below below the radar. But that was just Andres Almiray. I mean, it's not like you know, it doesn't have the same status as Eric, who's actually a Grails rock star. You know, so I mean, that's very <laughs> from what I from what I understand. So, yeah. <laughs> any rate, yeah. wanted to make sure he included his uh, his presentation in there. Now, yeah, there was, you 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 Grails rock stars buddies. You know, yep. I mean, there's, it's such a rare thing. You know, it's it's very important when when you never mind. I'm going to move on. Very okay. exclusive club. Very exclusive very exclusive club. club right. <laughs> so maybe you'll be nominated next year. I'll maybe I'll nominate you next year. You know, uh, of course that depends on what you do because you're you're kind of a risky candidate there. You know, you're you're not the most uncontroversial person. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Look, I I didn't get I didn't get to be a Java champion because of that. Oh really? I didn't know uh, you'd come up for a vote. Uh, I I think they kind of I don't know if they even considered, but if they did, they obviously didn't. 
uh, yeah, go well, with it. Now maybe you can be nominated again. And, and, well, we'll see how it goes. Any rate, um, <laughs> another talk there was uh, called Add Some Groovy Magic to Your Java Project, which is always a good thing. Uh, that's what a lot of people don't realize outside of the Groovy community is that Groovy's real use case is to combine it with Java rather than replace Java in many cases. Um, any rate, this was by Olga and then, all right, the last, the, the, the one after the hyphen is Sharma, that's easy. And then M-A-C-I-A-S-Z-E-K. So it looks like uh, Mashazek, uh, That's That's uh, Polish, so it should be, right. a, my, you know what, I have no idea. And I, I'm afraid to get it wrong, and I just wanted that's to make sure like, that she I don't was know. included. Yeah. I wish yep. that was one of those where she came in just as I was going out to go to another talk and I was like, Oh man, I'd really like to see here, you know, stay here and, and be supportive and, and help her out. But it looks like the talk was very solid and very helpful. And of course she included her slides already talking about how to leverage Groovy in a Java code base. And, and that's a, a good thing to have. So that that's kind of your, your thing, right? That's um, the, um, the, combination of java like groovy as a super java that you can use with uh, with your old java at any moment that's um, that's your strong um which strong place right which is honestly why i was headed to a different talk because i kind of figured i knew what she was going to talk about you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i do want to be supportive and i do want to include her material here so that's that's also in the show notes of course absolutely yep Okay, now then there was another one by another one by Roberto uh, Perez Alcolea, a high performance in memory data sets with Netflix Hollow. Now I don't know the Netflix projects that well, but they have been great about creating projects that they use heavily and then open sourcing them. So I don't know Netflix Hollow specifically, but it does talk about uh, what do they call dissemination of smaller, moderately sized data sets. Uh, and that's what Netflix Hollow is about. It's a Java library and tool set for uh, disseminating in-memory data sets from a single producer to many consumers. And he had a whole talk about it. It looked very interesting. Yeah, and uh, but that's that's pure Java, which means obviously you can use it with with Groovy, and it will be even even better with Groovy. Uh, but I have an impression that um, as opposite to last year's. Um, we see more, less and less groovy uh, usage and popularization by Netflix. I think they kind of, they start to promote a lot of Kotlin now. Mm -hmm. And uh, even the, the new libraries that which are out, I, I don't think they are as heavy on groovy as they used to be, which is obviously uh, a shame. Well, inside a company, these things generally need a champion, and I'm not sure who the champion would be out there right now. Uh, of course, we know Rob Fletcher's still there uh, because mm -hmm. he's, uh, you know, and he's a Spock authority. He's got the whole book on Spock, and he does a lot there. And and didn't we just see uh, somebody um, announce they're moving to Netflix? It was um, was that Craig? I think was um, Craig Burke. I think is headed out there. I I, I believe. Um, I, I didn't see it. I probably missed it, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me. If I you got know, that go, wrong. Go, good, people, good people go to, to Netflix. That makes yeah, so if sense. I got that wrong, you can feel free to correct me, and, and he will, you know. Uh, but, yeah, maybe it depends on who is involved at, at the company and who's willing to champion things, and, you know, we'll see how that goes. 
-hmm. but one, I, one thing I do want to say, though, is if you expose your slides early, you'll wind up on the Groovy podcast. You know, <laughs> so, um, Another uh, person in our community that we know well of, good old, Alva I'll, let's see, I'm going to try this again, Alvaro Sanchez Mar Mariscal. Mm -hmm. So Alvaro, uh, who's a, a, I believe a, he's an OCI person and heavily involved in Grails. He had two really interesting Grails-related talks, one on async and event-driven Grails applications. So he talked about the async capabilities, and the other was uh, called Six Things You Need to Know About GORM 6. And I went to that one, and that was really interesting. I thought he did a, a great job with that. And I believe the async one was uh, good too. The only problem he had, if it's a problem at all, is that that, that GORM 6 talk, that was the actual last slot in the conference. <laughs> Well, uh, he that's didn't that's a tough audience. one. It is a tough one. Yeah. Yep. But he did a wonderful job, and I was really glad I was there. Uh, he's done um, at at Great Company EU. He did talks on reactive microservices with uh, with Micronaut. So I know mm -hmm. he's heavily involved there also. But it's good that he's also doing Grails things too. And both of those talks are linked in our in our show notes as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's all the ones I put in the show notes. Um, I should also mention, let's see, what else was going on? There were a couple other things. Uh, none of those Gradle stuff. We talked about that. Oh, there's a couple more Grails Quickcasts now. Yep, so there's yep. a Grails Quickcast. Number 10 is on debugging Grails, uh, how you debug Grails core and the Grails command line interface. And then there's one on Grails profiling with the Your Kit toolkit. Uh, so that's able to spot CPU problems and heap and garbage collection issues. So a couple more Grails quick cast. That's always good to see. And then there was another Grails guide, uh, this one on uploading a file with Grails 3. So basic stuff, but useful uh, right in there. And, of course, I didn't get to put it in here. Ryan Vanderwerf, you know, our, our friend who is the, the guy who works on hardware sometimes, did a little talk, which I didn't get to see, unfortunately. I'd love to see it on a Micronaut-powered self-driving car. Uh, what did he call it? Galasino car or something like that? So I don't know where the name came from, but that's because I wasn't in it or I'd find out. At uh, any rate, I, that was August 10th. I didn't get to go to the, the actual talk itself, but he um, just wanted to mention that's also something that... Ryan, Ryan is amazing. He does, he does some amazing stuff. And... Uh, and yeah. Uh, it's a sweet spot of of uh, two of his uh, uh, things that he's passionate about, and that will be cars and uh, Groovy. So that should be really, really good. Yep. And then, of course, there have been a couple more issues of Groovy Calamari. Thank you to Sergio Delamo. As, as usual. Well. And I think actually that's... Oh, the only other last thing I wanted to mention, by the way, is that the latest version of IntelliJ IDEA, the 2018.2 version, apparently has really good support for debugging of Gradle scripts. You can actually put breakpoints in a Gradle script, and when you run a task, it'll stop at the breakpoint, and you can examine you know, the variables and other features available, debug in the Gradle's DSL blocks. And that's uh, interesting. So, it, it, oh, and the other feature related to Gradle on that version of IntelliJ is that it also will if you add a build source hierarchy in your project so that you're writing your own plugin or just putting your custom tasks in a class or what right. have you, mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. will also discover that as part of your project. So it'll automatically link to Gradle's build sources and usages in a build so you can navigate from the build scripts to build source sources and et cetera. So the, the tool support is, is improving as well. So that's, that's good news there. 
Yeah, and and generally uh, every new release of IntelliJ brings uh, uh, additional improvements and Groovy support as well. So it's uh, as we mentioned a couple of times by, by the far way, that, the best idea to write Groovy at the moment. On that scale, I should mention I did get contacted by one of the members of the Eclipse team working on Groovy. Okay, the Groovy plugin on Eclipse. And I didn't ask him for permission to use his name or anything, so I'm going to hold off. But he uh, just wanted to talk about some of the issues I was having with Eclipse and Groovy. And before we do another podcast, I'm definitely going to find some time to do that. And maybe I can get him to come and talk about that because there's still a lot of people who are, well, we'd say stuck on at, at this point, stuck on Eclipse or using an Eclipse-based tool with Groovy. And we want to make sure that that they know that this is not uh, that there are things going on there, that, that there are people working on it and, and are w listening to what the issues are and trying to help, at least. On those, are, those are great news because obviously competition is always good. And uh, yeah, we would yeah. love to see Eclipse keep supporting Groovy and it actually makes it a good idea for writing Groovy as well. So, any rate, that's uh, that's everything I had. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up? No, I think I think we covered a lot today, and uh, look, we are we are at an hour now, so that's mm, a good. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a it's a very very packed podcast today. Thank well, you very excellent. much for all the content, Ken. Oh, hey, glad glad we could help out and and provide it, and I imagine uh, we'll be talking again relatively soon. So anything yes. coming up that you wanted to mention? I mean, in fact, we didn't have anything in the upcoming conferences list right now, you know? And, and yeah, because uh, we don't have this uh, G3 summit uh, in December right. anymore. We, both of the conferences are, the, the flagship Groovy conferences are you, in the summer. Will you be at the conference formerly known as Java One? Yes, and, and there is some Groovy content there, so definitely it makes sense to uh, to mention. And uh, we will do another episode before that, and maybe and I will go. As well, so. Yeah, so and and it makes sense to go through the content catalog, which was recently published, and and pick some Groovy nuggets and highlights there uh, to share it with the audience. We'll probably do it for the next one. Okay, so we'll talk again in two to three weeks, depending on what's released in between then and now and when we can schedule it. And glad that you were able to finally make it back and we were able to do the podcast. Yes, that was really, really good. Thank you very much, Ken. And uh, thank you for our audience. Uh, we have like statistics on our YouTube page, something great. I mean, there is one person watching. <laughs> well, uh, we do kind of take it by surprise. It's not like we give anybody any warning on this. Uh, yeah, but once people subscribe and we have 456 subscribers, they get a notification that we are live. And I do expect them to drop everything and open the podcast and start watching. Yeah, I take that about as seriously as you take those download numbers on Groovy. You know, it's about the same thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So we'll Thank you very much, Ken. And, and talk to you soon. Yep. Thank you. Bye-bye. And stop live streams.